This episode was sweet with all of Andy's stories being centered around watching his dreams manifest and materialize in front of his eyes due to his hard work and quotes living on purpose, both for his football career and also his current job he now has at Samson Equipment as the marketing director. Having been there, done that in all aspects of sports performance, both on the coaching side as well as the business side, Andy offers a lot of interesting insights and experiences. So there's a ton of value here and let's get into it. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here to share stories, lessons, experiences, and sports performance and professional development. I'm joined tonight by Andy Zappian, if I said that correct. Yeah, you're good. Who is the marketing director of Samson Equipment. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Fantastic. Always a good day when I can catch up with friends and record a podcast at the same time. So a little bit of background about how we know each other. Andy stumbled upon my podcast, I guess, kind of just through the grapevine or whatever. Slid my DMs, said, hey, we're doing this thing at Samson, the Strength Coach Collective. I liked your podcast, like what you're about. We hopped on the phone, I think within 10 minutes, kind of just chatted about where you want the Strength Coach Collective to go, kind of my thoughts on podcasting, just different stuff like that. It worked out. I've hosted two interviews for Samson, and now Andy is gracious enough with this time to do one of my own podcasts. So for those who are not familiar with you and your background, could you please share a little bit about that? Yeah, so my background, I have a bachelor's in kinesiology. I was an aspiring collegiate strength coach, uh, but along my degree plan, you know, changing from kines, I went from a business major to a kines major to a kines clinical, back to a kines business track to finish up school is one of those things. So by the time I finished school, I had three business minors as well. I had a minor in marketing, a minor in sports marketing, and a minor in business administration. To get kind of Put the dots all together to graduate. I needed an internship. I did half my uh, strength and conditioning internship with Coach Decker at NMSU uh, during his summer session for football, primarily because I was working at the time, didn't have time to work with any other sports. And the other half of my internship was with Scott, our director of sales at Samson, who at the time was our director of sales and marketing. He, he gave, opened the doors to an internship for me. Never had a marketing internship. He just said, hey, work. Just work. I'm like, okay. So I made up tons of things to do and and opened the door there. He gave me a position as a uh, shipping and procurement manager. I went from there to a sales and marketing manager, kind of tipped my way into there. And now I'm the marketing director. Fantastic. That was one of my questions because I know that you got a kinesiology degree, but kind of how marketing and sales and kind of how, how all that came to be. And before I forget, we're twinning. We didn't plan it, but that's right. Awesome, awesome shirt from <laughs> Samson. Always repping. Always repping. And you played football at New Mexico State as well. Correct. Yeah. So I, I was a, actually a preferred walk-on. That's kind of how the story got longer. Preferred walk-on. I was getting into my senior year of school. Uh, junior year, got to travel. Uh, that's, that's into my coolest story. There, it was heading to senior season. They're like, hey, we don't have scholarship money for you. And I was like, uh, at this point, I think I'm just going to pack my bags and go. You know, I was one of the guys who just turned it in. I didn't keep going. But that presented me with a unique opportunity to get into sales, grow, grow some sales background, learn how to market and network. And then I came back, finished school, and kind of got me where I'm at now. Fantastic. So I don't want to ruin any of the stories. <laughs> so I guess we will get into it. What is the coolest story you have thus far in your career? 
And so my career as a whole is just pretty dang cool. Was able to use school, get myself in a position where I'm actually using both my backgrounds. So my major focus as well as my minor. Um, cool story from college was definitely manifesting, learning about manifesting and the power of subconscious mind. It was always my dream to go to the University of Texas, play football or baseball there since I was a kid. Yep, hook them home. And uh, my first travel game as a collegiate athlete was opening day at Darrell K. Royal Stadium on the other sideline. <laughs> Aggies opened up wow. at UT Austin. But to feel that surreal moment of seeing something and, and bringing it to vision, even though it's not exactly how it worked out, how I wanted it to work, I was still there. So having that happen, it's given me confidence in myself to make other things happen in my life. So now I saw, my, I saw myself in this position two years ago as a marketing director for Samson, created my position, worked my way up through the company, and, and now here I am. Must be extremely both humbling and also motivating. Just materialize. I think that's the perfect verb. It's just like literally coming to life in front of your eyes. And if you listen to Kyle Voigt's podcast, 59, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he went from the nosebleed seats, top of the stadium for USC Notre Dame football to being on the 50-yard line. Yeah, so, I, I love all that stuff. I love stories like that. It just gives me so much juice to, to, go, to get after it. I can, only, I can only imagine like just standing on the field and being like, I wish I was on that sideline, but I'm here, you know, and just right. – and now you're in, in the role that you are and you worked it into existence. So yeah, that's an awesome story. And, and I guess uh, at the beginning of your story, being able to, to speak that language, that's the phrase I use a lot, or putting together mm -hmm. both of your experiences. How has that helped you as the uh, marketing director for Samson, having that S&C experience, but also the, the business side as well with your three minors? Well, you're, you're able to relate. So for me, it's a, it's a unique opportunity for Samson, because I can go in and talk shop with coaches and understand what they're talking about, understand programming, understand um, equipment and layouts and understanding uh, athletes, because I was an athlete at one point. So I have all these unique blend of, I guess, experiences that allow me to be where I'm at now. So I, I just, I, that's probably the best way to answer that question is I can put it all in one and relate to these coaches from a marketing standpoint, from my science background, my internship, knowing what they're looking for or knowing how to achieve the goal they're getting to. That, that's kind of my seat. And tying that all together of having all those experiences in your back pocket, which allows you to speak that language. You know, anyone can study for, sit and pass the CSCS, but like you had to have done that internship to actually go and understand it. But then also, working hard to materialize it all. So it's this combination of like, I, I say it, Nike always had it right or they had it right all along, like just do it. And some of yeah. the best things that have ever happened to me is like, I call him little overambitious Matt, you know, when he has these ideas <laughs> and he just goes and does some stuff. And like, like yeah. where my, my productive hobby, my podcast has taken me, you know, and right. similar to yourself, like want to try all those things at undergrad and then deciding not to play sports. But then, taking your multiple internships and turning it into what you wanted it to be. But then how you needed those previous experiences that you thought wouldn't be useful, but they really are, you know? So exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of, there's tons of it. Like you go back and forth between regrets. Should I, have, 
should have I stayed that last year to play football? Yeah, maybe, you know, but at that time, my priority was kind of like, you know, I'm banging my body every day. I'm not going to have any support from school. So kind of made a life decision at that point. I had no major concussions or injuries. I was still finishing up school and football really kept me in school. I love learning, but formal education isn't always my favorite style of learning. The real world gave me a reality check and I was like, I need to finish school. You know, and now in this position, I realized how valuable even the internship with Coach Decker was with, with those guys at State, being around Akeem and, and Zach and Derek, you know, these guys just take me under their wing and really teach me what they've learned. A, a big part of it was asking the right questions on which direction I wanted to take. You know, I had to ask these guys, what's it like being in your shoes? What were your goals when you, if you were, or if you were in my seat, what would you be doing? You know, and these guys were way out both sides of, of the coin. And I would sit back and reflect and think like, what do I really want from life? And at that point, I had already been in the working field. I understood the, the amount of volunteer hours and, and free time that I would have to give to work my way up the ranks that I realized I wasn't ready for. So I took the other route, got in on the business side, and now I put in time, had a job on the way out. And I'm still around everything I love, training, athletic performance, coaches, weight rooms. I'm still around it all. Fantastic. And this is a quote you might be familiar with. You're always one decision away from a totally different life. Yep. I knew that I wanted to bring that up eventually. And here we are tying that into what you just said about asking the right questions. And also that one decision, you have to ask yourself the right questions. What do I want to do? As well as people in your corner, those people that have been there, done that, and wherever you are potentially thinking about going, but eventually you have to make that decision and it could be a totally different life so one last question on this kind of topic deciding to not play your senior year you you know you bust your butt for three four years you get your senior day all this stuff finally the respect you deserve can you take me through kind of just that process of leaving the sport that you love senior <laughs> year and not to get too emotional well, but no, but I mean, it, it was extremely emotional, you know, and I have this conversation with some of my old teammates that continue to play, but, you know, you still, you build really solid relationships and you keep in touch with these guys. At every point, an athlete has some sort of PTSD moment, you know, where your structure is gone, your everything that you've known for X amount of years, unless you go pro play professionally, it's gone, you know? So I experienced that early based on my own decisions, but all my teammates that continue to play and went to play professional ball came back from overseas and were in the same place I was in three years prior, you know? So we talked it out with each other and it doesn't, it didn't matter for me whether I was going to quit or finish. What mattered was how I handled everything after that. I just, I got plugged in with the right people. I got plugged in with reading. I got plugged in with learning. I got plugged in with applying these things and it leads you to, to a better place. You know, same thing with the guys that came back. It took them a while, you know, and we, we talk, we chop, talk shop all the time and it took them a while to um, find their place in this world. You know, one thought he was going to take one route, didn't work out. So now he, he took another. And though he got to go play professional ball, he, he kind of came back in a professional life and was a few steps behind, but now we're all caught up. We're all on the same track. You know, so being able to work through those, that mental game of your priorities and being able to assess where you're at in life, your pros and cons, allows you to make a decision you won't regret.
And that's kind of where I live at now is when I'm making a hard decision or I'm faced with a tough decision, I look at my priorities, I weigh the pros and cons, and I make my decision based on those priorities. So when I look back at it, I don't have regret and I don't look back sad and I don't look back with all this kind of negative feelings towards it. I'm just like, yeah, I could have done this, but I did this. And you move on. Life keeps going. And understanding that a simple, or not necessarily a simple decision, but one decision can totally change your life. So if you give it its due diligence by asking questions, assessing, evaluating, more often than not, I feel like the answer, the right decision is often going to reveal itself if you put in the work beforehand. Yeah, it's, it's cool how, how sometimes only it appears to be the right decision with reflection and looking back. But in the moment, if you take care of everything beforehand, I think that that's definitely some questions to think about and also ask as well. So very cool story. What is the story most fundamental to your development slash leading you to now? This I have got to give to my high school football program. You know, and I have such a, a soft spot for specifically high school football programs that have strong foundation and tradition that help build young men into something. I, I've, I fall back to these principles that they gave us, you know, loyalty, trust, dedication, hard work, guts, obedience, all these things that they, they taught us and ingrained and beaten us and expected excellence have allowed me to, to propel myself in my adult life. And I have so much respect for high school programs and high school strength coaches and things of that nature where at a young man's or woman's um, most important time of their life, they're having the right guidance and the right leadership in front of them. And they're able to nurture these humans to become great. And I, I, I really hang my hat on my, on my high school football program. Shout out to Mayfield High School here in Las Cruces, New Mexico. But our coaching staff was tremendous. I'm still really great friends who's now uh, with my position coach, who's now a head coach down in Florida. Those guys, they just really poured their lives into to me, you know, more than, more than college. You know, I have great college coaches that really took care of me, position coaches and everything. But the experiences, principles, and everything I learned from that program really helped me form my, my life now. Yeah. I forgot where I heard this from, but if, if anyone is working with high school athletes, you're with them for four years, that's basically a quarter of their life and how important, or at that point in time, it's a quarter of their life and how important that really is. Everyone wants to get those big ticket. Uh, we, my interview with Lucas White, we called it like logo chasing, going for the big schools, the pro teams or whatever, but yep. definitely not to underestimate the impact that you can have with, with high school athletes. And if you were a high school coach, if you had to pick, you know, three of those words, sayings, things to kind of live by, if you were a coach, what would you, what would you pick? You, you mean as far as like a motivational saying, or like yeah. things that have stuck? Yeah. Uh, so one of the biggest one uh, was pain of discipline or pain of regret. You choose. That one still resonates to this day. Um, what was our, we had so many. We always called it our PhD, poor, hungry, and driven. I thought we always talked about going to get our being PhDs, poor, hungry, and driven every year, you know? God, there's so many to choose. <laughs> I'm thinking of old, because we had old man Bradley. He's, he's, one, he's in the Hall of Fame here in New Mexico. He's on a couple of high school Hall of Fames. But I'm thinking of all his sayings, you know, just going through your head constantly. But more, more from him was the 
not necessarily a saying, but his consistency to demanding excellence. You know, he wouldn't accept anything less. Run it again, run it again, play it again. Film, same thing, you know, in the weight room. That's looking good. You can be stronger. You know, his consistent message is really what resonates with me more than a saying, which is his consistency. Fantastic. And it's, it's funny how, you know, poor hunger driven, those three words can stick with you for all of time and how impactful those really can be. So that was a, a conversation I had with Lucas about hashtag high quality juice and hashtag work wins and how something as simple yeah. as that can go a super long way. So, yeah, I mean, that, I've, I've developed mine in my adulthood. Mine's live on purpose. You know, I put that on my class. Yeah, I put that on my class ring when I graduated from NMSU. I have it on my Instagram. And to me, that means you're living with intent every day. You're waking up with a plan. You have a vision. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it with a purpose, right? If you get into a relationship, you're doing it on purpose. If you get into coaching, you're doing it on purpose. If you start a business, you're doing it on purpose. So this whole saying of live on purpose was kind of my own philosophy of what I've taken over the years and made it my own. Live on purpose. I like it. I think, yep. I think that that looked pretty good on the back of a Samson shirt. <laughs> I could try and get that one approved. So do you remember, I guess, kind of looking back when that first kind of hit you or after what event slash reflection was it, did that kind of materialize? Live on purpose was when I was making the decision to come back home. Um, so when I was living in Tennessee. At the time, I was married. She wanted to come back home. I was really in a mission-minded mindset. I was going after a business. And I really had to take a step back and look at my priorities. That's why I got into my decision-making process to realize that everything I do has to be on purpose from here on out. Like, I can't just wing it anymore. I've, I've winged it before. I've, it hadn't worked. So I needed to start living on purpose. And that was, you know, just nights alone by yourself and your thoughts, you know, writing, journaling it out, reading, you, you realize that's when I had it. I, I don't remember the exact day or anything, but I definitely know it was before I came back home to New Mexico. I was there contemplating by myself, like, what, what am I going to do? What's the next step? What's the right move? What's the wrong move? You know? And I realized that if I live on purpose, you, you make decisions where your priorities are at. You don't have to worry about being right or wrong. Cause at that moment in time, you're right. Exactly. And I hope I don't steal one of your one of three actionable things, but I think that would be an awesome challenge for the listener to try to develop a three to five word saying or mantra. And it's not just going to come out of you know thin air. Like it takes a long time to think about it and develop it. And I have one kind of, I don't, I guess I've never really spoken it, but take care of this moment or own this moment, similar to, to living on purpose where there's all these things that we have planned and going and doing in the future, but whether it's coaching and it's like crush your workout savagely well, right? Do the yeah. basics, whatever it may be. It's like my job right here, right now is to own this podcast, crush this podcast. I have my whole list of things that I, I got to do. And I'm sure you, you do as well, but similar For to sure. like being intentional, living on purpose, owning this moment. And like, this is all I have, you know, yeah. whether it's, owning this moment to plan for the future or doing it right now. So, so we have live on purpose and we have owned this moment. So I, I'd love to hear what the, what the listener cooks up. Hey man, great minds think alike. Now I want to run through a wall, but we have to finish, finish <laughs> our podcast. So uh, 
Last, last big question. What is the story you are most proud of this far? This far is for sure uh, manifesting this position I'm currently in. Uh, so when I came into it, even from an internship seat, uh, I saw exactly where I could be at, at value and where I could grow myself within the company. So again, recap from the beginning, uh, was an intern working for free. I'd go twice a week up to the shop and work. I had no set plan. I literally had to make up an agenda for myself and I did. And I presented it at the end of my internship to my bosses. From there, my internship was ending and they said, hey, we, get, we got a job opening up. It's not what you want to do, but it'll get your foot in the door. So I jumped all over it and that's when I became the procurement shipping receiving manager, learned everything internally uh, from our materials to everything. Um, I was the guy. You know, a year goes by, about a year and a half goes by, I become sales and marketing manager, you know, under Scott. Scott's our, our, at the time was our sales and marketing director. So I was kind of good. I was going to be another assistant to him, just handle everything on the lower level. When we start getting into more talks and, and organizational standpoint, where we're at now, it was in the best interest for me to become the marketing director and take over everything. So that was the new position as a company decided where I was going to be. It's exactly where I saw myself two years ago during an internship. So that that's like for sure a proud story right now. And I love the verb you used of manifest, similar to materialize with opening up at, at UTA, just on the other side of the field. But having this... this it's a UT, it's a, yeah, Texas, Austin, baby. <laughs> I thought you were... <laughs> go frogs but it's 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 funny just being in texas like because i'm from illinois and u of i is university of illinois but people from iowa mm -hmm. u of i is iowa and uta means ut arlington and texas is just called texas but technically, technically that's, 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 that's called, what i was going with that was like hey man don't don't call it that now <laughs> but technically it is university of texas at austin but i yeah, thought it was just yeah. called texas i'll give that one to you yeah that's what we all think so yeah, it's like think. university of missouri columbia is Mizzou, but it's just Mizzou, you know? Yeah. But at Texas, just on the other side of the, the sideline, <laughs> but, but having that internship where you're on the other side of the sideline, but you can see where, where you want it to go. And then another thing I, I liked how you phrased it was, how can I add value? And one thing I really talk about in networking is everything is exchanging value. Now people have different definitions of value and what they find valuable and things like that. But if you could talk about determining where there was value missing and how you could fill that gap, was it something formal where you took notes? Was it kind of just after a few weeks, it kind of just hit you or, or how did you go about kind of making that agenda slash figuring out where you could add value? So it was definitely an unobserved type of situation. I had to see how everything worked internally. I had to see where I would fit if I, if I could fit. Once I realized where the company was lacking, and realized I had a skill or could learn a skill on the fly, I, I, that's when I began to pitch it a little more. And I got a little more confident, like, hey, we can do this. You know, they started trusting me. And once I started gaining that trust, even through the internship, you know, to show up, we, we learned as a coaches collective, you know, your network and your internships and what you do through that internship, how you work, your habits you create and, and all this type of stuff, it, it transfers over to anything you do, you know? So, once I built that trust up, that's when they started allowing me to hear a little more talks in, in the meetings and 
kind of see more. So I got to observe, just sat back. And once I got on, on the team, I had to learn a completely new position, you know, procurement, shipping, receiving. It was like learning industrial engineering. I was literally, I remember sitting up just trying to master my craft and master what I was being paid to do uh, in my spare time. Like, how could I be better? How could I make this more efficient? What can I do so when I move on, this job's easier or someone can understand it quicker than I did? So it was, it was this stages of like observing and adjusting and then actually committing to it, like asking them, either going for an ask for the position I wanted or just creating the conversation. And similar to Nike always had it right, where you just got to go make that list. You got to come up with ideas. You got to pitch the idea and then eventually it'll, <laughs> it'll come to be. And I right. think that, that figuring out where you can add value, whether it's directly with a company, whether it's someone you're networking with or, or whatever it may be is, is it can be, like I said, as casual or formal, but everything is exchanging value. So for sure, not, not to take the authenticity and just the, the natural human component out, out of it, but we do things for value. And, and I think just having that frame in, in the back of the listener's mind will, will help for sure. So very cool story. Very cool story. Two, uh, two stories centered around materializing and manifesting stuff. So you are a man That's of right. viewing, living on. That's right, man. That's right, man. Wrapping it up, what is one to three things that the listener can do tomorrow to start becoming better? So I came up with believe in yourself, number one. Number two is take ownership. And number three is develop a plan. Have a plan. So for developing a plan, if we had to turn that into like one, two, three, four, five, something kind of like that, where would you start? I'd work backwards. I work at the biggest, I work at the biggest thing possible where I want to go, whether it's a job or, you know, coaching and programming where I want to see my athletes, um, as an athlete, where I want to be my senior year, you know, my junior year, if I'm leaving early and you start with the biggest plan possible and you work it backwards so that you can develop what I can do tomorrow. So waking up an hour earlier is, it, you know, is it finding four extra minutes in my day to, to read an article that will help me later? You know, what, what is it from in a micro scale that's going to do something tomorrow from that big, huge macro plan? And so I always work it backwards when I'm developing a plan. Fantastic. And that's how things materialize. I love that. Yep. And how I describe having a plan or just understanding the why, you know, going off of Kyle Voigt's developing a personal philosophy and just, for example, the process of starting a podcast is just by simply having a plan, it just takes out the guesswork, right? When yep. you have those four minutes, you know what to do with them instead of what do I do now? You know, so asking yourself those questions, asking other people those questions, how do I get myself or how does the other person think I can get myself to where I want to be? Just takes out the guesswork. And then it just becomes a matter of living on purpose, going and doing all of those things. So, right. If, think, and if you think about it from an athletic standpoint, I mean, really successful teams have game plans. You watch film, you know what you're doing. It's, it's a grand scheme of things. If, if I'm a defense and the offense comes out in this set, the, the running back motions this way, what are we going to, you know, in a baseball sense, there's a situation, you know, you're down, there's runners on, on first and third. What's our defense looking like? You know, what are we, what are we shifting to do? I, I take that as game planning from an athletic standpoint and I apply it into real life. 
And I think if athletes, <laughs> retired athletes, careers that have ended, you start learning how to, I think that's why athletes are so successful. When you learn how to apply the things you learn in sports and athletics, you start applying that to your real life and doing the same things you were doing. You start seeing things happen. You know, like that's why people love to hire athletes. That's why, you know, people want to be around athletes. You have a plan. You see where you're going you go get it. You work hard, you know, you have work ethic and competitive for the most part, most athletes, right? <laughs> You've just got to periodize your life. Exactly. That's a beautiful way to say that. <laughs> yeah. Periodize your life. There's, there's a, a three word thing right there. But, periodize your life. Yeah. yeah but I like, like then going to a weight room example, it's like, well, we got to get bigger, faster, stronger. Well, what's more important, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Well, what's my vert now? What do I want it to be? You got to track right. it over time and all this kind of stuff. And, and it, it is uncomfortable asking yourself those questions and they're not going to come to you right away. And maybe your first answer might not be the right one, but you definitely got to start somewhere. So I think that that is extremely actionable without giving people the direct answer, which is my favorite type of actionable things. So if, if this stuff keeps me up at night, I'm going to keep the listener up at night. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> very, very actionable thing. I, I love that one. So if you're allowed to disclose, Samson's been making more of a marketing efforts and mm -hmm. you have been at the forefront of that. Was that your idea that you pitched or is that Samson saying, what else can we do or, or how has that kind of come to be? Sam, that was my idea. We pitched. Samson's never had a team. It was Scott's vision previously when he came back to work. You know, he ended up taking more of a salesman role and has always wanted to do a marketing side. When I came about, they kind of said, here, this is what we need. That's what I saw. And now they're letting me run with it. So it's great. Fantastic. So I think that was a, a personal question I asked a few emails ago. So I'm glad we got in there. But it's been it's been exciting to see. I think you I don't know how many followers your IG has blown up, but it's been exciting to follow along. You are pretty big on you have almost sixteen thousand tweets. I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> where can the listeners get more of you? So first of all, Samson Equipment, follow our page at Samson underscore EQ on Twitter and Instagram. My personal pages, Twitter, Instagram, are all under Andy Zapien, A-N-D-Y-Z-A-P-I-E-N. Fantastic. So thank you very much for your time, and I look forward to connecting again. Sounds good, brother. Thank you, man.